0: You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, the boys invite you to Poker in the Ears.
1: Hello, my babies, and welcome once again for the last time for a little while to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife. He is James Hardigan.
0: Happy birthday, Joe, not just for today, but for the days that will follow in the coming weeks and months.
1: That's right, my babies. It's our season finale. Uh, have we decided what season even is it?
0: No, we never kept track of seasons. <laughs> also, doesn't the season run like January to December, and this is our mid-season break?
1: Look, it's all bets are off. No one even does seasons anymore in real TV, radio, any of that. So everything is exactly what we want it to be. This is the important question. Will there be another season?
0: Now, we did have a genuine cliffhanger at the end of last year. We genuinely didn't know whether we were going to be back. I can say with some certainty, and of course nothing is 100%, but I'll go to 99% in saying that we're back in August.
1: That's awesome. Fantastic. And by the way, if we're not, it's because you, the listener, didn't leave us a review. (laughs) Coming up on today's show, Stadium Series has been announced. I am not going to lie. I have no idea what that means.
0: Joe, do not worry, my friend. I have all the details. I am here to fill you in.
1: Excellent. So the one thing I do know is that there's a lot of streaming coming up, which means James and I cannot do it all. And we brought in some reserves. We bumped some people up. We got one of them on today's show. Maybe you heard of him. His name's Sam Grafton. And he just won a little something called the Summer Series.
0: I know, right? So he basically killed two birds with one stone here. He basically ticks the box as a news story, and he also ticks the box as part of our event preview.
1: That's fantastic because we were a little light today. And we are going to have one final card counter update. Of course, who knows what will be going on with the film in eight weeks when we come back. But uh, Paul Schrader, the director, the writer, director, and Oscar Isaac had a press conference type of deal last week. And we may or may not have been mentioned. Also, Colin Capone, that all-around poker superfan, is here to challenge me to Edge of Tomorrow trivia. James. It should come as no surprise to you that I did not
0: rewatch Edge of Tomorrow, having just seen it a couple of months ago. Plus, we know that you're working your way through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So what was last week's movie? You were trying to get through Black Panther. So I assume by now you must be at the end, right?
1: No, we did not. uh, We did not get anywhere through beyond Black Panther. We finally finished Black Panther. I'll say this. Uh, and what happened was, James, obviously a lot of things going on in the world. People want to call it politics. I don't think it's politics. I think it's just humanity. And um, we decided to watch a couple of things that were, like, recommended as, like, being more, like, current viewing. Yep. Uh, and there was a movie. I'm pretty sure it's new, but although I don't know because maybe it just wasn't on my radar, called The Five Bloods on Netflix, a uh, new Spike Lee movie. Yes. And uh, I decided to watch Chadwick Bozeman is in both Black Panther and this movie. Uh, We decided to watch this movie instead. My girlfriend was very tired, did not even make it five minutes into this movie. I watched it. I sobbed uncontrollably for two hours during this movie. I don't know if it was just the timing. I don't know if it was that powerful of a film. It was incredibly powerful to me. Spike Lee kind of pisses me off, though, because he's so on the nose. Like, there's really no mistaking what he's trying to say almost to a detriment like he just intersperses news clips i don't know if you remember black Klansmen. yes but at the end of the movie he puts a bunch of news footage in it you're like okay i get what you're trying to say despite that it's something that i think needs to be said yeah and it's still very powerful um so if you are into stuff like this right now, if you want to learn a little bit and be entertained at the same time, I do recommend the movie, but it is incredibly sad and incredibly violent.
0: And I know it's important and it is something that I really want to watch. I've heard nothing but good things, but there are times when I just need to escape from reality and that's probably not going to help me right now. Nothing.
1: Um, uh, I, I understand that better than anything. That's why I started watching the Marvel movies in the first place. I'm like, let me watch 100 hours of something that I know is not gonna upset me. Uh, This movie is quite upsetting, so believe me, I understand.
0: Tenuous Marvel movie connection. I suddenly remembered the other day, oh yeah, Disney Plus, that's a thing. I've had that sitting on my TV for the last four months. I really should see what's on there. And I decided to watch, (laughs) this is so ridiculous, like the only thing I've watched on Disney Plus so far is The Mandalorian. What did I watch next? The making of The Mandalorian, the eight part series of going behind the scenes.
1: I've heard that the making of The Mandalorian is as good as The Mandalorian, at least a couple of the episodes.
0: 100% yes. If you are interested in movie production, if you are a Star Wars fan, and if you're both of those things, you are going to love these TV shows. They are brilliant. There's so much Star Wars nerd shit in there. But also, when they reveal how the mandalorian was made and reveal how it was shot it blew my mind so i urge you to watch it's a bit much in my opinion to have eight episodes when there were only eight episodes of the tv show itself but they're relatively short they all come in around the 25 30 minute mark and a lot of it is round tables and if you just want to watch a round table with john favreau dave filoni taika watiti kathleen kennedy The time flies by. Um, It's a really good series. I haven't started playing any new games yet, but on numerous recommendations, Joe, I have bought Mm. The Witcher 3. Having never played a Witcher game before, I have been told that this is awesome. Uh, One person whose opinion I really rate thinks it's even better as an open world game than Red Dead Redemption 2. I can't say anything yet because I've literally just transferred it to my hard drive. I haven't started playing it yet.
1: I'm curious to hear what you think about it because uh, I I thought about getting it when it was first released, but people said it was too hard, and I don't have uh, I don't have like a huge patience level for games that are difficult anymore. Uh, if you happen in the next eight weeks to get through The Witcher Three, first first off, a question: Have you seen the PS Five stuff?
0: I have. I particularly enjoyed after both consoles were unveiled. Um, the guy who said, are you going to get the mini fridge or the Wi-Fi router? I don't think either console is particularly great aesthetically, but certainly the gameplay footage that I've seen from both the PS5 and from the Xbox Series X, the next generation of consoles are just going to be outstanding.
1: Yeah, I, I'm pretty excited about that. Not only would it be it's outstanding, but I think given the condition the world is in, uh, they're just going to be... The sales are going to be insane. These things are going to be impossible to get. So um, I might be willing to break quarantine to go stand in line with a gas mask on when these things happen. <laughs> um, speaking of things we're waiting to be released, so the card counter, we got some good news yes. on the card counter.
0: So the last time we spoke, it was kind of about this movie in any detail, I should say, was when lockdown started and you just come back from that part of the world working on the movie. And I guess... You're a bit down because production had been halted because of the pandemic, because of the closure of all these film sets. And I guess you didn't know if they would be able to finish the movie, whether they would be able to raise the finance. But also, I know what it's like with these small independent productions where you've got a Hollywood star for maybe two weeks in their packed out schedule, whether they'd find the time to do the scenes, pick up the shots they need to complete the film. But it seems there is some good news. And there was this news conference last week, which we were invited to join, but it was during our EPT retro stream, so we couldn't be there.
1: Yes, we were literally on the air doing our own thing when this uh, this sort of press conference went. I, I think it was uh, Deadline. It was uh, an English reporter from Deadline interviewed uh, both Paul Schrader and Oscar Isaac. So just talk about what's happening. The long and the short of it is this. Somehow, miraculously, uh, they didn't have much of a problem finding more funding, Good. Uh, Hey, I guess when Martin Scorsese and Paul Schrader's names are attached to a movie, not that big a deal to find a little bit more money. Um, They have been given approval, I believe, by all the unions involved and the local governments in Mississippi to go back to Mississippi to start shooting again. They're supposed to be finished around July 12th. As you guys know, there are only a few days left on the shoot. So that's good news. Personally... Um, I don't know how I feel about everything that's going on right now with people going back to work, except for that I'm glad people are going back to work, right? I have, I, I don't know like if things don't seem all that safe, but I do yeah. know that people need to work, and I begrudge no one having to move on with their lives, having to go to work as long as they do it in a safe way. And films, as you know, James, are highly scrutinized workplaces to begin with, so I'm very confident that these folks will do what they need to do to keep everybody safe as much as possible in these types of situations.
0: Obviously I'm thrilled that this film is going to get finished and is going to see the light of day and obviously it means a lot to you Joe and on that subject I think we have to play this brief (laughs) excerpt from last week's press conference with Paul Schrader and Oscar Isaac. At this point Oscar Isaac is asked directly if he was much (laughs) of a card player if he was much of a poker player before taking the role in this film. A little bit, not, not well, you know, I, I, I played a bit, but, but not well. I had a um, a couple different card mechanics uh, come over and start teaching me some basic manipulations of cards and then um, met with a, a really uh, great poker player. So know, yes, was, i met. sorry, go ahead. You
2: know, I'm interrupting Oscar. Um, Joe who uh, has a kind of contract with, uh, one of these channels. Anyway, he's got me into it. I now play twice a week on Zoom with approximately forty or fifty players. And you see all the players up there and starts out with five or six tables. And it's a, a whole new social group. We call it Club Quarantine. And there'll be a game again tonight. And if you're if you're interested in joining Club Quarantine I mean, I'm sure they'll be glad to have you.
3: Nice man. I mean, that's that's
0: amazing. Wow. Joe Stapleton gets name-checked by the star of the film and by the director, who basically makes it sound like you've converted him into a degenerate.
1: It's really fun. You know, it's hilarious because when I was watching it, um, I'm like, Oscar's about to bring me up. Oscar's, and then and then Paul interrupts him, and drops my name anyway so i was very happy about that really cool um it brought it brought a bunch of nice memories back and yes paul and i have been playing a little bit here and there and i will say that paul is super happy to be there for the first hour but he doesn't really get that it's a tournament and he's done he just wants to (laughs) quit so he He wants to cash out right he either dusts off his stack completely and just like moves all in until someone wins his chips, or I've encouraged him to be like, hey, like, you can also just leave. You know, um, I think it's, what do you think, actually, from a poker's perspective, since we can't pick up his chips, right? That's what a tournament director might do um, if someone was just voluntarily exiting the tournament. What do you think is less disruptive to game integrity? For him to move all in every hand, or for him to just leave his chips on the table and have people fight over his big blind
0: for a while? Blind out.
1: Right? Yeah, that's what I think so, too. I try to tell him just to blind out. So, yeah, do get to play with Paul sometimes. No word on whether or not Oscar is actually going to join. My money's on no, but we'll see. Uh, If he does, you guys will hear about it when we come back in eight weeks. I don't know if I'm going to go work on the movie. I think I'm the very definition of non-essential. The only poker things they have left to shoot, I think, are uh, just sort of overhead flop shots which I can very easily uh, I don't want to say direct because I'm not directing the movie but I can very easily facilitate uh, from a distance you know even if I had I could do it on paper to be perfectly honest but if I needed uh, to see it I could very easily do it over zoom or facetime or whatever however there still is a small chance I go I will let you guys know very soon
0: when we come back after our eight-week hiatus and at this point Let's start talking about what we'll be doing during the summer months, specifically the month of July. The Stadium Series, which was announced with a bang this past Monday. I'm sure you've seen the really cool video that's out there, Joe, which gives you a flavor of what you can expect when this kicks off on the 5th of July. A brand new poker series, and I know that you're going to have questions, Joe. I'm sure many people listening are going to have questions. I will say there is a fantastic overview on the PokerStars blog, written by Stephen Bartley, which explains in detail what's familiar And what's different, i.e. what this shares with other tournament series that Stars has run in the past, like Scoop and WCoop, and also what's original, what we've never done before, what you can expect the USP, if you like, of the stadium series to be. So shall I run through the headlines?
1: Yes, but I'm going to I'm going to repeat them out loud so i so i commit them to memory
0: this is a bit like writing stuff down so that it commits from pen to brain right exactly it is a four-week series which starts on sunday the 5th of july
1: four-week series fifth of july got it
0: three buy-in tiers familiar to anyone who's ever followed scoop or Wcoop: the low medium high binds for all events
1: that i would know already fine low medium high got it
0: there are 102 tournaments
1: Okay, I'm just going to say 100 tournaments. Got it.
0: Okay, there is a total series guarantee of $50 million. Sick. But this, I think, is more exciting than the guarantee. $2 million in added value. $2 million in added tickets.
1: James, how do I, not me, but how do I, the listener, get my hands on those
0: tickets? Well, let's talk about the format of the stadium series, and we'll come to that information as part of this conversation. (laughs) There is a bit of a progression system to the Stadium Series because as each week goes by, the buy-ins and the guarantees increase. Now, every day, Monday through Saturday, there is what we call daily heats. These are standalone events. They are tournaments in their own right, with their own guarantees and their own prize pools, but they also act as qualifiers... For the weekly finals, which are held every Sunday, these finals, by the way, are freeze-outs, and I think that's going to excite a lot of people who have issues with re-entry.
1: Quick question. Can I buy directly into the final if I want to?
0: Yes, you can. So you can qualify via the heats, or you can buy in directly. And again, for those finals on a Sunday, Joe, low, medium, and high buy-ins. But the top finishers in the heats win tickets to the finals. If you play a low heat, you could win a ticket to the medium final. If you play a medium heat, you could win a ticket to the high final. I'll just give you an example. In the first week, the top 100 finishers in each low heat will receive free entry to that week's medium final. That's how the progression system works.
1: Does that mean there are no low finals?
0: There is a low final, yes, which you can still buy into directly. Awesome. Now, this is another part of the added value, Joe. There are 81 grand final tickets worth $5,200 each, which will be awarded to everyone who makes the final table of a weekly final. It doesn't matter if you make the final table of the $5.50, the $55, or the $5.30. If you're at that final table, you get a 5K ticket to the grand final high buy-in event on the last Sunday of the series.
1: So you make a final, you make a final table
0: of a of final.
1: Of the lowest buy-in thing, the final final of the lowest buy-in thing and you win a 5k ticket to the grand final. Correct. That is so sick.
0: Plus, and this answers the question that you just raised, Joe, in addition to the added value in the games themselves, tickets are being given away via a plethora of promotions including fast track step satellites. There's going to be ticket drops on Twitch. Plus, I noticed that many of the regular MTTs taking place on stars over the course of the next two weeks leading up to the start of this series are adding tickets to the top finishes. So by playing in the next fortnight, there is a chance you could earn stadium series tickets. Now, let's talk about Twitch because let's talk about streaming. Yeah. You can expect all the usual suspects to be streaming the shit out of this thing. Lex, Fint and Spraggy, they're going to be putting in their hours. After the first week the lowest week of the series because remember the buy-ins go up with each week we are going to start our broadcasts with 23 consecutive days of coverage on the PokerStars Twitch channel you know that stadium in the trailer yeah we are going to be inside that virtual arena from Monday July the 13th to Tuesday August the 4th live every day at 5:30 p.m. central european summer time that's 11:30 a.m. eastern that's 4:30 p.m. in the uk so that is our standard on air time every single day we're going to start with the first weekly finals because they're three day events joe so they start on the sunday play down to the final table on the monday the final table plays down to a winner on a tuesday so we'll cover those first finals then We'll cover the vast majority of the daily heats that follow. We'll have a few special invitational tournaments thrown in for good measure. And we'll conclude our coverage with the grand final, which will play down to a winner on the final day of transmission, which is Tuesday, the 4th of August. The most important detail is that we are going to be cards up every day. Yes, that is a thing now.
1: So we won't be watching replays like we were doing for Scoop.
0: In a way, yes, but on a much shorter delay. So how the replays in the client currently work is they're taking hand histories that are exported from the server and then reconstructing them in a replay. That's exactly what we're going to be doing with this. But at the moment, those replays don't kick off until the actual tournament itself has finished. What we have now is a situation where once a hand has concluded that hand history is exported from the server and can be played on delay so the delay is going to be not unlike our live events 20 30 minutes to protect game integrity and obviously we're only going to be following one table at any one time but just to be clear because i know that this might make people's hair stand up on end yeah that hand history that whole card information is only exported, only becomes available to the replayer once the pot is virtually pushed and the hand concludes. Just to be clear, no one, no one at PokerStars can see whole cards in real time. While a hand is in progress, whole cards cannot be seen and certainly cannot be displayed. In the unlikely event, in the hugely improbable event that the delay caught up, the stream would simply stop because it wouldn't have a hand to show, because the hand can't be recreated until it's concluded.
1: And when you say the unlikely event, what you mean is that if every single player at the table in a coordinated effort uses every single second of their time bank, that's what would happen.
0: And is min-raising, which would require ridiculous collaboration slash collusion. But the key thing about this and why I'm so excited is this will be as close to our EPT coverage as we've ever been able to provide for an online series. Because, again, another big difference between what we did with Scoop and what we're doing with the stadium series, Joe, is it's not just final tables. The heats we talk about, the daily events, they're two days, right? So, We're going to pick up the action at the start of day two when there's going to be around 50, 45 players remaining. We're going to watch them play down to the final table and then we're going to watch that final table play down to a winner all in one night. It's going to be an interesting experiment as well. I'm not going to lie. Down the line, if this format works, maybe we can do the same for our more established tournament series like W Coop and Scoop.
1: I actually, I like this a lot. What I like about it, when you say it's closer to our EPT coverage than ever, what I like is like, let's say that Grape Soda Scarface 420 does well in the early events and then does well in the middle events. We'll have been seeing that player all along. We'll have been getting to know that player the way we would have from watching someone at an EPT over the course of five or six days. So we can really... Uh, maybe find some new superstars here that you wouldn't necessarily find just from reading final table results.
0: Absolutely. So as you teased at the top of the show, Joe, we are putting together a commentary team for this. You and I are going to be leading these broadcasts every day, but we've got expert analysts with us in our virtual commentary box Obviously, Lex, Fintan, Spraggy, they're going to be playing a lot of these events. They're going to be on their own streams, but they're going to give us some of their time. So all those guys will be joining us. Nick Walsh will be putting in some hours as well. I
1: thought you said experts.
0: Plus, well, wait for this one then. Moneymaker. We are contractually <laughs> obliged to use him. So we'll find a use somewhere. You want expertise? Griffin Benja, who's joined us for the PCA and the PSPC the last couple of years, And Sam Grafton, who I'm thrilled to be working with again. And yes, as you also mentioned at the top of the show, Joe, Sam's just had a big win in another series. Now seems like a good time to introduce him, bring him onto the show. Welcome back to Poker in the Ears, Sam Grafton. Hello, the Squid. Hey, guys. How's it going?
1: Squid Poker, congratulations on your summer series win.
3: Thanks, man. Yes, I was, uh, I mean, exhilarating feeling to get first in, in such a big tournament. Um, like a win in poker is still a very unique and special feeling. Like, obviously, financially, it's it's very important to, uh, when you're playing so high and playing so many events, to get um, big monetary results. And, and obviously, that's it's a, a really meaningful amount of money. But it's also just a special feeling when you close something out.
1: Uh, I don't think this question has been asked in a while, uh, even though it is typically regarded as one of the worst ones. What are you going to do with the money? I mean, this is a series you didn't know existed two months ago. Do you still just fold it right back into the bankroll?
3: Yeah, I mean – I have a few financial goals. I tr- I try and be I'm not terribly smart with my money. I tend to just uh just to play poker with it. I don't really invest super well. Wait, I, I, so as with any poker player
1: your big your spend big, after a win like this would be to play another poker tournament and that's it.
3: Yeah. Um I mean as as with any DJ poker player I'll, I'll probably buy some bitcoin um that's 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 my idea of a sound financial investment just to just to invest in risky imaginary computer money um but um there's still a lot of poker to be played obviously stadium series and there's going to be a lot of poker over the next few months so uh i'll I'll probably try and convert a little bit of it into a pound sterling and, and squirrel it away somewhere and other than that just playing poker yeah
0: yeah. Now, we want to talk about the stadium series in just a moment, but there's a couple of things we need to clear the air about, Sam. Apologies for using that hand as clickbait for the PSPC TV shows.
3: Yeah, I mean, not my finest hour. I don't know who the intrepid cameraman was who managed to capture... Um, the rather unedifying spectacle of me uh, pausing before calling there with pocket jacks, but um, but yeah, it, it wasn't. The thing is, is it, it, it? I don't know what to say to justify, but it it was a little bit fake news because you didn't see the build up. Where <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sound like Trump now? You you the guys in the media, they're all against me. Um, no, I mean basically, in that house, I checked it all the way to the river. I, I, I flopped up a set of jacks. I checked. Then the term was a full, I uh, gave me a full house. He checked. I checked. And then the river, it was like, Jack eight four eight deuce. He bet the pot. And, um, and I made a massive raise. And so I'm just chilling. I'm, I've got my head down. I'm thinking, please call. I'm loving it. I'm in my own little world. Uh, you know, whatever the rounders quote is about thinking about the charge or whatever. And, <laughs> And then the kid's like, I'm all in. No, uh, yeah, he, yeah, he was like, I'm all in. And so I just was like, what? Like, my head come up, and I was like, hang on a minute. How, you know, like, I, I was only thinking about, like, good thoughts. And then when he went all in, obviously, it's day one. We've flown to the Bahamas for the, like, best ever 25K. This guy isn't going to put in his money with, like, Not a good hand, you know what I mean? So it just took me a little while to find the call. Obviously, it was only like 20 seconds or something, but yeah, not, not. I should just, I should have just snap called really. But uh, live, po- live poker is scary, man. People show you really good hands. That's the thing people don't realize. Live poker, it's not like online. When people want to put all the money in the middle, they've normally got a good hand. That's uh, that's some strategy for you there.
1: It sounds so reasonable when he breaks it down like that. But I definitely remember thinking, what the fuck are
3: you doing <laughs> Yeah, I mean, of course, that, and and you can see that, that was the the kid was genuinely shocked. It, it it was, you know, I did probably take too long to call. Um, it's just it's just that em- change in emotional state. Like the first fifteen seconds, like afterwards, I was like, I was like, I, my feeling was just kind of shocked that he'd gone all in. So, and and you know, the pot putting this way, the pot on the river on the river is like. 4000 chips and the kid wants to put in 80000 chips on the river from there being 4000 in there it's probably got something good right so you know uh, i mean at the end of the day you can have jack eight so i can i can i can literally never fold because there's as many combinations of, of jack eight left as there is of pocket eights um or, or sorry there's two combinations of jack a and one combination of pocket eights so yeah. i can never fold but you know, uh, live poker, as I said, scary, scary thing when people want to go all in. I
1: well, mean, to, to be, be fair, there, people did, did, did have quads in other hands right. that we showed. So, so you, know. you know.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, if I was advising anyone playing live poker, always take a few seconds before you make a decision. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an experienced player. I can't, I can't find that. It's just it never entered my mind. Normally, when I act – what the other person will do has already entered my mind. Like, I have i don't always have a decision, but I'm considering whether if they go all in, whether I'm going to call. I've already thought through these things. I was literally not thinking anything. It never occurred to me for one second that ha- him having bet the pot me made a massive raise that he would then go all in. Like, it's very rare to get check, 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 and then on the river go bet, bet, a raise, re-raise all in. Like, that's quite a rare... Yeah a rare thing particularly on a day one of a very very special tournament which everyone had traveled a long way to go towards uh to and you know people people are probably going to play snug against each other sure. all right i'll wow. allow it <laughs> thank you <laughs> exonerated it will i be exonerated in the court of public opinion probably not i'll be forever known as hey you're the guy that slow rolled that kid on uh, in the dsbc right <laughs> Well, the other thing
0: I wanted to apologize for, and granted we're going back a few months here, is I questioned the accuracy of a super high roller player list which had your name on it. And then...
3: <laughs> no, that's, that's also reasonable. That's also uh, and, and then reasonable. You, you
0: made it to the final table, and then suddenly you were heads up. But no, I think the, the shock was I didn't necessarily associate you with those buy-in events, and I'm interested in at what point you took the decision to move up in stakes and... and, and Take a shot, I guess.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'd been, um, I've been considering it for a while, and then didn't play much live poker in. I mean, the years just—I can't even think what year. I think it was two thousand eighteen, and and then at the end of two thousand eighteen, I got a big score in Nottingham, and there was Petit and there's a fifty thousand uh, euro buy-in, and it clashed. There was a three hundred k in Las Vegas, so a lot of the best American players were staying in America to play that. And indeed, some even some European players were going over. So, you know, it's like uh, the, the other guys or something. You know, there was a little bit, the people who invest in these things, they were uh, the, there was a bit of opportunity. Like the idea was that that 50K was going to be a bit softer than normal, that some of the best players were going to be elsewhere. So I thought it was a good opportunity for me to put up some of my money. And then because of those circumstances, I was able to sell... I gave like a reasonable account of myself. I didn't cash, but I think I played well and I, th- I felt like, yeah, this is, this is an arena in which, you know, I, I can perhaps have an edge and I can make some money and, and I, I can challenge. I, I obviously always like to challenge myself. So, so it, it started with that um, event. EPT Prague was, the, you know, obviously it's very memorable when the first time, yeah. I mean, it's quite funny, actually it, it, it was in the blog. So I, 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 uh, the Super High Roller at EPT Park is in like a, a back room on the mezzanine. And so I went up, so I registered, and I, you know, I registered a little bit later than everyone else, like half an hour later. Went through, there's like a security, and I went in, and uh, I was feeling a bit nervous anyway. And there's a kind of quiet atmosphere, particularly in the early levels of Super High Roller. And I went up to the TD to like hand over the ticket you get for the chips. And and Auburn from the one the back table was just out shouts Sam the one ks downstairs <laughs> and uh, just like the whole room burst out laughing at me, uh, which is like it's it a pretty funny it's a pretty funny line from Auburn because I think everyone was eyeing me like oh is this guy going to play? Um, so but it just sort of broke the tension. It was quite it was quite a funny moment and I sat down and obviously I had played with those guys in other circumstances so so yeah I just uh, sat down and gave it my best shot and then. Yeah. And then actually, yeah, of course, uh, in Barcelona, that was my my biggest ever score. It's like a little bit sad. I ha- had had Ace King against eight four suited, when Sergi had like ten big blinds to win it. Uh, if Ace King had held, and and that would have been obviously really nice to get the trophy and, and get get the W. But uh, it was still obviously the biggest score of my life, and yeah, an amazing amazing experience to uh, play a final table for that for the the highest stakes that exist, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean, with no That's live it. poker in the last few months what has your playing schedule been
3: like i mean have you been putting in the hours online yeah i've switched switched back into online grinder really enjoyed it actually really really enjoyed playing online obviously that that is my main background you know like i've i've always seen myself i've always seen online mtt's as as the kind of bread and butter um and last year was the first year probably my whole career that i actually played more live um So, obviously, I don't want to do it in the circumstances where it's like you're literally chained chained to your desk and can't go out and can't socialize. Obviously, it's been a a very difficult period for everyone. Um, But poker players, professional poker players, are very privileged in that at least we have an opportunity to practice our craft, do something that we love, earn an income. And so I played a a, a lot of volume. And uh, I, I kept going. and I was playing playing and playing. And then, then when you guys extended um scoop, I was just about reaching and then I eased off. I was like, okay, like this is this is gonna be the the situation for a while. Um, that there's gonna be a lot of really good online stuff. And fair play, there are, are some some of my friends who play literally five, six, seven days a week. Um I'm a little bit <laughs> I'm a little bit older. I can't <laughs> I can't maintain that volume, but I, I've definitely been playing a lot.
1: It's good to hear that you're a human being. Uh, what are you doing with the rest of your time? Reading?
3: Yeah, <laughs> funny, that you, funny that you say that, Sage. Yeah, I, I, I've, I love reading. And um, yeah, I've been trying to make time to, to work my way through a bunch of books. I've been reading, rewatching watching films, um, just, just normal sort of stuff. Like now, obviously, I can go to a park. I'm really close to Highbury Field, so that's really nice. I got up there. The afternoon um but yeah nothing like it's been fine really you know um I, I hope it comes to an end uh soon and and everything in the world is back to approaching normality but um but yeah i've tried to make tried to make the most of it by you know sort of self-improvement and reading and and such like and and then obviously trying to uh thrive in, in the poker in the poker world
1: What's something that you have discovered recently in your reading that was uh, eye-opening for you? Well,
3: that's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I um, oh, I have read, been re- reading like well, one, reading um, about a bit about African American history and such. Like really trying to, um, you know, I, I, I like to think I've done a reasonable amount of like political and historical reading. In my life. Um, but like a lot of uh, white people, I've begun to question whether I really do know what's going on and like sort of struggles that Black British people, African American people face. And uh, so I was reading Angela Davis and I was reading through the essays, and there was some absolutely amazing statistic about um, Puerto poor, poor Rican women about how many of them that they uh, sterilized. It was something like in, ni- in the 1980s, they sterilized. Thirty-five percent of women of childbearing age, um, a, lot, a lot against their wishes, or through trickery, or you know, through like suggesting that it was necessary when it wasn't. And I was like, I was like, I had to reread it. I was like, that can't be right. And some of the horrific things—the the, the whole essay was about the forced sterilization of uh, uh, black and. Asian minority ethnic uh, women within the United States and uh, territories of the United States control. I was just, I mean, th- that's the thing, I think. Whenever you read about racism and slavery, you, you think you know how bad the circumstances are, but actually it's, it's pretty rare that you, it's, it's always so much worse and so much more You always end up reading. what people have faced than you can actually even comprehend, I think.
1: You always end up reading something like you did, Sam, some statistics, some practice, something that happened. You're like, ah, that's not real. That can't possibly have happened. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm so oh, my God. God. Well.
3: <laughs> like 20th century history. You know, this this was a statistic from within my lifetime. And um, it's absolutely like, I mean, essentially like a a genocidal um Program that was put in place um, and justified on the gra- grounds of health, justified on the grounds of like reducing poverty and unemployment. You know, to, by by taking away women's ability to have children. I mean, it's. it's I mean, sorry, yeah, sorry to bring a dark tone to the podcast, but like, I, 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 I sent it in a voice note to a couple of people. I was like, "Is can this be real? Is this actual thing?" It was, it was, it was amazing. Um, so- very good, very good read. By the way, Angela Davis, w- recommend it.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned Angela Davis because my final question here was going to circle things back to poker uh, a little bit. What authors would you soft play just for the chance to hang out with them?
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you I love to, I love to, I would love to hang out with authors more. I would love to uh, be be friends. Actually, well, I don't know, I yeah. So that, so I, I went to see an author talk. Actually, I won't name him. Um, but when I was younger When I was a good looking lad I went to see this author talk and um, Who I really liked and admired And he uh, signed my book And he w- he was like What are you doing? And I was like oh, I'm directing a play I'm up here, I'm a director He was like Oh, I've got a play I've got a script That uh, I've worked on And so he signed uh, my book And he wrote his email And he was like Drop me an email I'll send you a copy of the script So I got got the script and I was like, yeah, it's really brilliant. And uh, anyway, uh, the theatre company I worked with, we did like a rehearsal reading of it. Eventually we put it on. I didn't direct it and it, it transferred to the West End and it was a big success. And then this oh. this writer used to always write to me and he used to write me quite graphic emails asking me to sleep with him all the time. And he kind of pursued <laughs> me. and I always take took it to be like a great compliment, you know. It's my one line contact I've had with an author where he would always like... Went, and I think he was in Edinburgh, like the next year or the year after he took me to dinner, he was always trying to seduce me. <laughs> and, like, sad to say, we never did get it on, but... It, 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 I always took it as a great flattery. So that was my uh, that's my my one brush with uh, one of my literary heroes.
0: Wow. Wow. Uh, Looking ahead to the next few weeks, Sam, you are going to be part of our on-air team for the stadium series. As you mentioned, you're going to be trying to juggle playing with also working on the live streams. There are other online series going on as well. And then I'm sure when they've concluded, there'll be something else happening as well. Uh, Hopefully we won't exhaust you. I was going to ask, a lot of people will know the work that you did with Griffin Benja on the GPL. I think you did some TV shows for Sky Sports a few years back as well. But when was the last time you actually put in decent hours or decent time as a commentator rather than as a player?
3: Like a lot of people, I think my career was finished by the GPL. <laughs> that was the last time I did it for any, any length of time. Obviously, I, I really like to hop in the booth for an hour during EPTs or a couple of hours with you guys. Yeah. But I've never done it consistently for quite a while. And I, I think that was... That was one of the things that appealed to me. I've quite quietly always thought that it's something that I can do and and do reasonably well. I do like to discuss poker. I, lo- I love working with you guys, as you know, and always have a great time. You know, like it's something I I, I, I like when I have time at EPT. It's something like I enjoy doing. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited to do it. I I believe. I've always played on Poker Stars and always loved the series you guys put on. So to be involved, um, you know, I don't think it's something. I'm, I see myself always primarily as a poker player, and I try and strip back distractions. And yeah, um, in, in general, I try and avoid doing extra things. But I felt like this was a good opportunity, and I've played a lot of online poker recently. And I was just like, yeah, this would be a change of pace. This would be some a challenge because I want to do. You know, good job broadcasting with you guys, and uh, and yeah, I'm I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to get stuck into it.
0: Yeah, and from our point of view, it's going to be good to have someone alongside us who actually will have playing history with a lot of the people we're likely to be watching, and we'll also have a kind of you know,
3: yeah, a- and a funny man, at last, someone with some decent jokes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, yeah, of a- course. I mean, I know, Eble, I know all the regulars. <laughs> probably too well. I have a lot of history with uh, a lot of the guys on on stars, and uh, it'd be interesting for me seeing uh, how they play and seeing Final Tables and whole cards as you watch quite a lot of the replays on YouTube of uh, Final Tables and uh, to try and have a sense of what people are doing and how they're approaching the game. And uh, yeah, I hope that I can bring some insight into what it's like um, playing deep in, in these big tournaments. And
0: failing that, all you have to do is laugh at Joe's fart gags. Um, Talking of Joe's gags, or rather Joe's games, because I presume, Joe, you've concocted a quiz to give Mr. Grafton before we send him on his way.
1: I do. I do indeed. It is our season finale game. It is specifically custom-tailored for Mr. Book over here, Mr. Reedy, William Shakespeare, a.k.a. Sam Grafton. This game is called Bibliography or Pornography. (laughs) I'm gonna read you three names, Sam Grafton. Two of them are porn stars. One of them is an 18th century female author.
3: Okay, I'm on board.
1: Okay, here we go. Question number one, here are your three names. Thea Alexis Samper, Tracy Lynn Livermore, Elizabeth Blower, which one is the author?
3: I think that Livermore is the author.
1: Tracy Lynn Livermore is a porn star who performs under the name Brandy Love. (laughs) We were looking for Elizabeth Blower. Elizabeth Blower was the author. Author of uh, such titles as Maria and Features from Life.
3: Okay. I'm gonna be showing up absolutely <laughs> <to an> <laughs> an student here. Okay. But me, I'll, I'll get the next one.
1: Okay, here we go. Question number two. First name Kimberly Nicole Rathcamp, Clarissa Briggs. Mary Chudley
3: I think Mary Chudley.
1: Mary Chudley is correct!
3: Boom. There we go. But but back on it, back on it. Tight game.
1: Question number three: Victoria Elson,
3: Cora Birdwell,
1: <laughs> Alison Cockburn.
3: Um, I think I think it's like a double fake. I'm going to use more like rock, rock, paper, scissors skills here and think that I think Cockburn is going to be the author.
1: Cockburn is, in fact, the author. Yes. You're now two for three. Scottish poet, wit, and socialite. Here we go. Question number four. Your three names are Mercedes Grabowski Moriarty, Elizabeth Weaver, Henrietta Louisa Firmer.
3: I think Firmer.
1: Firmer is correct. She was an English letter writer, the Countess of Pomfret.
3: <laughs> Who doesn't know the Count is a I mean, that's just that's just basic <laughs> general knowledge where I come from, my comprehensive this, this was a this was a topic we we covered weekly.
1: Question number five, seven total questions. Sam, you're killing this game. Your three names are Paige Turnham, Jane Jones, Susanna Highmore.
3: Um, I think that, again, I'm going to use rock, paper, scissors. The last two have been the third person. I think you're going to go for a street third one.
1: You say the third person again, Susanna Highmore? Yes. Susanna Highmore was the author of A Calvinistical right. Reflection of the Gentleman's
3: Magazine. Let's go. Let's go. i have well, a thing or two about strategy games here, guys.
0: Spoiler alert, you are guaranteed a winning score. The question is, can you go six and one, which I think might be the best anyone's ever performed in a Joe Stapleton game ever?
1: Could well. be a total record. Question number six. Your three names are Sarah Trimmer, Sarah <laughs> Dunmoyer, Catherine Ann Wallace. What? Sarah Trimmer. Sarah Trimmer is
3: correct. Let's go. Come on. Oh my
1: God, Sam Grafton, you are absolutely smashing this game. I was not.
3: Domination Nation, as some might say.
1: Trimmer's most popular children's book was Fabulous Histories. Also, published a periodical called The Guardian of Education.
3: I'm. Yeah, um, um, if, if you could see me live now, I'm flexing my muscles, <laughs> and, uh, parading about my room. In, uh, Final Alaska question. Victory.
1: Final question here. Megan Violet Carlson, Carlson. Mm-hmm. Clara Reeve, mm-hmm. or Kristen Herning Connester
3: I think. I mean, there can't be a contemporary person called Herning Connester, can they? So I'm going to go for that.
1: Kristen Herning-Conester performs adult films under the name
3: Mm -hmm. Tina
1: Cherie. The good news is you crushed this game. Clara Reeve is who we were looking for. Best known for the gothic novel The Old English Baron. Sam Grafton, you, you don't know pornography at all. You know 18th century female literature. (laughs) Welcome.
3: Thank you, bro. Thank you. I'm I'm, I'm pleased that I could put on such a
0: good showing for the poker community. What what feels better, Sam? That victory or the win in the summer series main event?
3: I mean, it's close. It's close. It's a race. Uh, you know, there, there is a lot of prestige in Staples Quiz. The <laughs> long running, uh, long running series. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'll take the summer series state. It's
1: definitely been along longer than around longer than the summer series. So. <laughs>
3: That's true. That true. <laughs> uh, Sam,
0: really looking forward to working with you in the coming weeks. We will talk again very soon. I'm sure we'll have many more hours to catch up and talk about random stuff.
3: Sure. I'll brush up on I'll watch a lot of pornography be between now and the summer <laughs> series so that me and states can relate on the same level. We'll have something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yes sam thanks for your
0: time today we'll speak to you very very soon cheers guys one of them loves the ept knows it inside out and would do anything for the european poker tour the other one is joe stapleton it's
3: superfan
0: versus Stakes. time to hopefully award some T dollars and some swag in this week's superfan contest please welcome to the show colin capone greetings colin What's up guys? Thanks for having me. I'm very
2: excited
1: to be here. Colin Capone, you might be the biggest poker super fan in the world. If we were gonna do a super fan of super fan championships, you would be on my list of people to put on there.
2: I definitely appreciate that, Joe. Yeah, I'm a big, big
0: uh, fan of poker, that's for sure. The weird thing I is, mean- Colin, that when I see your name frequently tweeting and getting involved in the conversations or in the chat and we're doing a live stream. I had naively assumed that you'd already appeared on this podcast as a superfan. So when you applied a couple of weeks back, I'm like, no, you can't be on again. Oh, he's never been on before.
2: Yeah, you know (laughs) what? I've always been waiting until I ship the big tournament to go on, but, you know, that might not happen. So I figured I better take this opportunity.
0: I'm glad you took the opportunity. And I know that Joe is glad because it means, as we said last week, we're closing out the season on a high because Edge of Tomorrow is a movie that I know Joe is a huge fan of, I'm a huge fan of. No one was going to have any issues revisiting this particular film.
2: Yeah, and yeah. you know what? I, I Sorry, Joe, I didn't know that Joe was a big fan of it. Like, maybe I uh, bit off more than I can chew. Like, I love this movie. I saw it multiple times in the theater and I, and I just tweeted it out there. I didn't know that Joe said... You know, it's one of his biggest, uh, you know, popular movies of the last decade, maybe of all time. So I might be in trouble here.
1: You you are definitely not in trouble, my friend, because here's why. The last time I watched this movie was a full two months ago, which <laughs> in Stapes years is like seven years. So I think that you're going to be fine, especially a movie like this, where I think if James wanted to, and my guess is he probably did, he could get
0: real 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 specific I could have done but actually I've kept it quite broad and generic because I didn't want to get too geeky and nerdy for the last show of the series I've kept it relatively mainstream I think you're going to be all right Joe I did have an inkling because this is what happens Colin is if it's a film that Joe thinks he knows well if it's a movie he's seen multiple times he doesn't go back and look at it again and then scores a zero so i was thinking <laughs> perfect i was thinking of my friend joe stapleton when i put this quiz together uh, before we get to the game colin let's learn about you we mentioned the fact that you're on the scene a lot we see you interacting a lot what's your story
2: okay so yeah i live in edmonton alberta which is in uh, western canada uh, i've been married for about just about 15 years to a super average lady i have uh, <laughs> three three whiny boys and i work in sales for a paper company so pretty much crushing life wait is, is are you a character from the
1: canadian office
2: uh, you know what it's i do work for a paper company but we actually sell mostly like you know disposable packaging actually right now we sell you know sanitizer and face masks so we're doing okay but uh, it does sound like that it sounds like i have a very boring life but actually i was just joking i always thought if i ever got on wheel of fortune i would say that and pat <laughs> And, uh, you know, Vanna, Joe, and James, I think this is probably as close as I'll ever get. So, I, you know, I thought I'd throw that out there. But actually, I have overachieved in the wife department. I have three great boys. So, but I do work for a paper company.
0: That bit is true. Look, I'd like to think that we're a close 78th to appearing on Wheel of Fortune. Um, yeah. So the format of this quiz, there are three separate rounds. And do you know what? I'm going to keep it simple. We're going to go odd or even. So basically, the only decision I'm going to ask you to make, Colin, is whether you want to go first or second. I'll this go, is james's uh,
1: way of making sure that i don't run incredibly bad in okay questions first. as usual i'll go first <laughs> with the pressure round, joe
0: okay so you're going to get all the odd questions colin uh the first round is called supporting players let's see how well you know the supporting cast of edge uh, of tomorrow and the first question is who plays general brigham
2: uh gleason
0: um Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson for a point. And there is a bonus question. He played Mad-Eye Moody in which movie franchise? I have no idea. That would be Harry Potter. So you have a 1-0 lead. Joe, it's your question. Who plays Master Sergeant Farrell?
1: For the record, I would have known Brendan Gleeson. Bill Paxton.
0: It is Bill Paxton. And your bonus question, he played a Storm Chaser in which 1996 summer blockbuster?
1: Twister.
0: Correct, oh, and Joe has a lead after the first round. Don't worry, there are plenty more questions to come. Bonuses later, Colin. You're going to be okay. Question three: Who plays? Also,
1: Bill, Bill Paxton. And rest in peace.
0: Absolutely. Yes, I did.
2: I didn't know that, and actually until I was, you know, doing a little bit of research on this, and uh, yeah, I was surprised to find that out. That's terrible. Who plays Doctor Carter,
0: Colin? Uh, Doctor Carter is Noah Taylor. Correct for a point in your bonus oh. question. Noah played Hitler in which recent comic book adaptation? Comic with Hitler in it. Again, I have no idea. It was Preacher. Uh, don't worry about it. It's not worth it. Um, Joe, we have a tied game as we come to your question. Question number four. Who plays Kimmel?
1: Kimmel. I, I just want to say I would not have known the, the Hitler question, so... <laughs> Who plays Kimmel? Kimmel,
0: Kimmel, 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 Kimmel. I don't know who plays Kimmel. It's quite a tough one, actually. It's a British actor called Tony Way. Let's see if you can get the bonus question, Joe. He played Lenny in which whimsical Ricky Gervais TV series? Uh, Derek. No, it was Afterlife. So, at the end of the first round, it is a tied game. Uh, the next round is called Complete the Quotation. One word answer required. One point, if you can identify the word. Complete the quotation, Colin. On your feet. Megat. Correct for a point. Joe, battle is the great...
1: Equalizer.
0: Redeemer. Colin, I've had the visions. I've seen the... Omega. Correct. Joe, my middle name is? Pain. Rose. Oh, know that. Which means <laughs> we come to the final round, which is the trivia questions. Multiple choice options available if you need them. Bonus questions which go to you if you get the main question right, to your opponent if you get the main question wrong. So oh. much going on this week. The first trivia question goes to Colin who has a 4-2 lead coming into this final round. Question one, Colin. Where in Europe did the Mimics first arrive? Uh, Hamburg, Germany. Germany for two points. And your bonus question, how did they arrive? Meteor attack. Correct, for the bonus point. (laughs) Joe, your question. Question two, Rita Vratsky is better known as the angel of?
1: I'll take the choices.
0: Versailles, Vaison, Verdun, Veleron. done. Correct for a point, which means you get the bonus. What is her more colloquial nickname?
1: Uh, The Bitch.
0: Not enough, I'm afraid. Full Metal Bitch was the answer Ah. I wanted. Colin, it's your question. Question number three. What is the code name for the invasion of Normandy? Operation Downfall. Correct for two points. Your bonus question. Fill in the blank. The operation is described as the largest blank invasion in the history of mankind. Coordinated? Mechanized. Joe, question four. Which state is Sergeant Farrell from? Kansas. Should have taken the options. Oh, shit. Too late. Kentucky is the answer, but no bonus on that one, and no bonus on this next question, Colin, which is your final question. Question five. How is Cage killed the first time he lands on the beach? Uh, first time... Uh, was it... You can take the options if you want to. I'll I'll take the options. Is he crushed by a falling aircraft? Does he get shot in the chest? does he blow his own head off or does he burn to death? Yeah, he burns to death. Correct for a point. And Joe, final question. There is a bonus. Cage has a false vision of the Omega inside what type of structure?
1: The museum.
0: Incorrect, which means you get the bonus. The answer was damn. Colin, the Omega is actually located inside which Parisian landmark? (laughs) In the Louvre. Correct for the bonus point, which means the final score is three points to Joe Staples. And I told you you didn't have anything to worry about, Colin. Your final score is 11. You are a winner, my friend. It means you're going to get the T-Dollars. It means you're going to get a T-shirt from the exclusive Poker in the Ears range. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your contributions. It was great to have you on the show today. Thanks guys. I really enjoyed it. It was awesome. Thanks so much. Hey,
1: and the poker community, we're, uh, we're lucky to have you. We appreciate you in general and all the things that uh, you participated. Thanks a lot.
2: Oh, thanks guys. I appreciate that. You guys as well.
1: All right, my babies, we're almost out of time for this season's last show coming up next week. No show. The podcast is taking an eight-week vacation. We are not taking a vacation. The podcast is we will be back Thursday, August 27th. We will have a hot new season premiere to hit your virtual shelves. And don't worry, my babies. We will be doing three weeks of Stadium Series live. So all of the dumb shit that we would normally talk about on this podcast, we're going to slip it in. We're going to slip it into those broadcasts. If I see a movie, trust me, I'm going to be talking about during Stadium Series.
0: I mean, we're talking about seven to eight hours a day for 23 straight days. You can be sure that there will be numerous diversions. So a reminder that the Stadium Series starts on Sunday, the 5th of July. Our live coverage starts Monday, July 13th. Um, During the summer months, Joe, we obviously want people to do the usual stuff, like, comment, subscribe, and we are going to need to line up a new season of Superfans. So we really need those applications to come through. I know we always do this. We ask for a flurry of applications and a few people fall through the net. We only have a finite number of slots. I try wherever possible to keep a record. If you feel your application has been ignored, if you feel we've forgotten about you, apologies. Please feel free to apply again. The best place to do it is on Twitter with the hashtag poker in the PokerInTheEars and suggest a specialist subject which ideally has never been done before
1: all right my babies that's about all the time we got for this season don't forget to join us for the stadium series starting on monday july 13th until then for james hardigan i am joe stapleton smell you later